0: Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. I want to dive right into this podcast. Of course, I'm grateful that you're here and talk to you about something that has gotten a bad name in our American politics, but which I think is very, very valuable. We have all watched congressional hearings and we've all heard someone say, I think this ought to be discussed in closed session. I think we ought to refer this to closed session. And the American people, especially the press, kind of go nuts when they hear this because they think that Congress is trying to hide something from them. They think that our officials are trying to deceive the American people. But but I want to tell you, living in D.C. as I do, watching these same things you do, discussing this with people I have access to, that many times lives are ruined by things that are said publicly that should be dealt with in closed session. I want to suggest, for example, that most of what we were exposed to about the Kavanaugh hearings uh, should have been dealt with in closed session because um, our media these days carries these hearings internationally, T- being taken, very raw testimony. People are unsure of their facts. Uh, People are making allegations that later need to be investigated. Um, This shouldn't be happening on international television. These are the kinds of things that should happen in closed committee rooms, and then reports circulated, and then facts investigated, and only then brought to the American people. I'm not advocating for elitism. I'm not advocating for a secretive government. But I am saying that these show trials, these Russian-type, Soviet-type show trials uh, where the whole point becomes to simply get somebody on camera before a congressional committee and expose them to the public, Uh, regardless of what the facts are, this reputation-ruining, life-destroying process is very troubling, very troubling. And we need Closed sessions. We need at times for Congress to function behind closed doors. It's not uh, a secret cabal trying to run the world. It's about protecting individuals. Let me give you an example, and I'm going to use somebody um, as an example that I'm not a very big fan of, and I'm actually going to defend them. <laughs> I have great respect for Liberty University. I have relatives who went to Liberty University. I knew Jerry Falwell Sr. I spoke at Thomas Road Church, Baptist Church. I Uh, I've spoken at the convocation at, uh, at Liberty. I love the university. I have friends on the faculty there. It's great. I'm not a big fan of Jerry Falwell Jr., I'm just not a big fan of him. I'm not going to sit here and tell you every every reason why, um, but I'm not a huge fan. I don't like the way he has been slavishly and idolatrously uh, devoted to Trump and not spoken as a I think a man of God ought to. Um, I'm not sure he's that bright about some things, um, and then sometimes he's just ham-handed. I was there once when he was introducing somebody and his cell phone rang during convocation, and he, you know, he answered it, and then he, you know, well, he could, then he starts saying. I hate when that happens and all that. I mean you know just silly but that's that's just me not not preferring somebody's style the main issues have to do with how he leads the university and how he engages in politics and the fact that he does in it does interviews where he says there's nothing Trump can ever do that will cause him to lose uh support from evangelicals well that's just silly and idolatrous and and uh you know that should never be said by anybody who Uh, lives for the applause of heaven. You understand what I'm saying. So I've said more than I wanted to say, but I'm not a big fan of Jerry Falwell Jr. as much as I was a fan of his father and as much as I love the university. Okay, that all said. It turns out that recently Michael Cohen, who's the former Trump attorney who's now gone to prison, that Michael Cohen in testimony that he gave uh, implicated Jerry Falwell Jr. He said that Jerry Falwell Jr. had come to him that he had said there were pictures out there of a sexual nature that involved he and his wife, uh, that, he, that Jerry Falwell Jr. was being blackmailed, he said, and he asked Cohen's help in dealing with these photos and dealing with the situation. Now, if you go online and read the stories, you'll find that somehow a, a pool boy that the Falwells knew is, is involved in this story, according to the press, Apparently, Falwell uh, invested 1.8 million, so it's reported, into uh, this pool boy's business. People are even going so far as to allege some kind of blackmail there and some kind of sexual misdealings. And I need to tell you straight up for the sake of this podcast, I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm not investigating it. And I'm not going to call Jerry Falwell Jr. and say, hey, what's up? That's That's not the kind of thing. I don't even have that kind of relationship with him. What I'm saying is that all of this comes from Michael Cohen's testimony when Michael Cohen has admitted publicly that he's lied and lied often. Now, I understand why he may be mad at Jerry Falwell Jr. I understand why he may be uh, wanting to show that he's intervened uh, for the cause of good and that even preacher types trusted him because Cohen right now is sitting in prison garb in in a U.S. prison. But this is the kind of thing that Cohen should have been kept from saying publicly. This is the kind of thing that should have been said behind closed doors. Uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. very likely is not guilty of any of this. We don't have any idea. And now uh, this president of a large university, an eminent man regarded by many as an eminent religious leader, uh, now he and his wife are slimed. Uh, He and his wife are... uh, being looked at as though they were in some kind of sordid threesome that then involved blackmail and bribery and that involved massive payments of money that probably, by the way, were university funds. Falwell says none of this is true, and you and I don't know. But here this allegation has been made by, by an admitted liar. This is the kind of thing that should have been. This is what gag rules are for. This is what closed sessions are for. This is why you get control of the story and you don't let a person like Michael Cohen be in front of the cameras. And so I want to I strongly urge you to reconsider any animosity you've had towards these legal instruments. Gag rules, closed sessions, things of that nature, they're meant to keep unformed, uncertain stories from circulating in our society. And I know people whose lives have been traumatized. I know people who've been damaged. Most of you know uh, that Tom DeLay, the former uh, House Minority Leader, uh, I'm sorry, House Majority Leader. Um, there's a friend of mine. We did a book. I helped him write his uh, autobiography. When he left office, um, he he was traumatized, absolutely traumatized, and life devastated by allegations against him that were not true, and they've been proven not to be true. And he's a free man walking around today, but his career was damaged. He had to resign. He chose to resign, and he's he's been tainted ever since by things that were not true. I know people on the other side have received the same, same treatment. But a lot of what's going on, especially today, especially in our overheated politics, is about humiliation. It's about the politics of personal destruction. Uh, it's about if you can't beat a man on the floor, if you can't meet a man, beat a man politically, ruin his life with allegations. You just sit in front of a committee and your life is, is, is in question. It's, it's up for grabs. It's, it's uh, exposed. I believe with all my heart that Congress should be more responsible than it's being right now and not use these show trials as ways to defeat the other side. If a man's guilty, let's say so, left, right, or center. I'm not trying to protect anyone. I'm trying to protect the process. And the idea that a person like Cohen gets to spout stuff that is that is very possibly not true. Listen, if Jerry Falwell Jr. was involved in something illicit sexually and paid bribe money and used university funds to do it, and and there are photos and film floating around, then let the truth come out. Let justice be done, though the heavens fall. Um, let justice and righteousness roll down like a like a mighty stream. I, we believe in it. We want it. We believe the truth. I don't want to know sordid things I don't need to know. But if but if this is part of bringing the truth out, so that righteousness is done, then is done. Then let it be done. That's the price of living in the world. It's the price of being a responsible citizen. It's the price of being a leader. Let the truth be known. But if this is all just Cohen trying to bargain to get out of prison. If this is Cohen, an admitted liar, appealing to one side or the other, then obviously this is something that has to be limited. It's why you have closed sessions. It's why you have a gag rule. It's why you hear testimony from a, from a man of Cohen's character in closed session, and then you gag him and do not give him access to the press before he goes to prison. Not, not, not to, to damage him in some kind of Ill, conspiratorial way, but to keep him from damaging others while he's trying to bargain for his freedom. I don't know what Jerry Falwell Jr. did. What I do know is that his reputation is now sullied. This is a guy, as I've already said, I didn't have a huge amount of respect for to begin with, but this is a man whose reputation is now sullied, and none of us will likely ever hear uh, the truth definitively. Nobody's checking this out. Nobody's verifying this. Uh, Nobody's following up. So Cohen gets to spout his bilge into the world, and a man's reputation is ruined, and It's going to live with him the rest of his life. In fact, you know how they speak in D.C. In his obituary, one line will have to do with this moment. And as far as anybody knows for certain, certainly you and me, it might not even be true. I've been the victim of this at a smaller level. I know many people who have been. And it's time for us to begin to ask for some of these mechanisms that limit the damage that can be done simply by show trials and errant testimony. These are valuable tools. These are necessary in our democracy. They are necessary in our high media world, and I hope that you'll help to call for them where you can. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times best-selling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include *The Faith of George W. Bush*, *The Search for God in Guinness*, Mansfield's *Book of Manly Men* and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.